Narina Trogan, Eastern Nikita, Spotted Ground Thrush, African Broadbill, and Wood Owl are just a few of the special species that can be found in and around the small Zululand town of Ishawi. Tristan Odier is a young birder whose love for birds started many years before he called this magical town home. In this episode, we will not only hear all about birding in and around Ishawi, but we will also discover what makes Tristan tick. We'll hear about his bogey bird, his favorite birding books, and get tips on how we can all improve our own birding. Bring you life into your garden this summer with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Now available in a 10kg bag, plus 1kg free. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westerman's for the love of birds. My name is Adam, and this Proudly South African podcast is your weekly source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and anything that we think birders will want to hear about. So, welcome to the show. There are two easy ways to support us that will cost you nothing to do. The first way is by telling someone else about the podcast. So if you enjoyed the content in the show, please share it with someone else. A second way is by following this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on and take some time to rate and comment on it. These two steps help us to grow the podcast and to reach new listeners. Please drop us either a direct message on any of our social media platforms or send us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com and tell us where you listen to the show from. We would love to get to know you better. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. So, I finally got Tristan on the show. We've chatted a lot about doing this episode, so it's really cool to finally have you on the show. I know you've done the youth podcast, but finally, I think you've been like more than once on the youth podcast, am I right? Yeah, definitely. But finally on the, the main podcast, I, I think it's because you turned 18, you get a bit <laughs> older now, you get on the belly podcast Adult now. now. Yeah. So, yeah, uh... Good to welcome to the show, dude. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You know, for those who don't know about you, tell us a little bit about yourself and also how you got into birding because we'll chat as we as we'll chat through this episode, one thing I love about your journey, you you're a birder, yes, but you're not just a birder. You 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 love nature as a whole. And I think that's something which is so so inspiring. I mean, going out birding with you and your father, you know, it's always an education because you're not just someone who points out the birds, you know the plants, you know the snakes, you know the the, the animals and yeah so how did you get into this journey yeah so many years ago i don't know i think i probably i've loved nature all all my life just about but i really started getting into birding and stuff um in dundee uh people used to bring little birds and stuff for my mom to rehabilitate so from then like i used to help and i got really interested um, and before I was actually born, my dad used to was a ranger at Itala Game Reserve. So most weekends or when we had time off, we would go stay there and just enjoy, enjoy uh, nature as a whole. Yeah, so I've also along the way met many friends that have gotten me into different things such as uh, herping for snakes, amphibians and such. Um, recently, trying to get into butterflies. And then plants, obviously. I love plants as well. Just as a disclaimer, if there is any noise, there's a road behind us, the dogs might bark. You've, uh, you've got like eight dogs, and that's like the dogs might make a bit of a noise. I but do indeed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always, I always laugh at people. You know, I don't know what, what the thrill about snakes is. I mean, you've, it's like so scary to pick them up. I mean, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you like about snakes so much? I don't know. It's just, if I can say, it's almost like a, an, an adrenaline rush when you see a snake. Like you get excited. I always get happy finding one. Like, it's just 
so nice observing them and watching them. No matter if they're venomous, watching them from a distance or if they're harmless and in hand, it's just cool to be around them. And in terms of birding, you know, you've you've been birding many, many years. You're young, but you've been birding many years. You know, what are what is what is a bird that if, if I put you on the spot, I know this is a difficult question, which is your favorite bird and why would you say that's a bird that is so dear to you? So, um, I would have to say it's an olive bushrock. Uh, reason being, I've always loved that bird as a child. Um, I wanted to see one and went to St. Lucia. I actually saw my first one there. But just the variety of different calls it can make and stuff, I was amazed by that. And still to this day, my favorite bird. And then your biggest dip. I mean, you've got a lot of birds. What's your life lesson at the moment? Uh, 618. You added one this morning. Yes, African Broadbill. That's a pretty cool bird. That's like a really cool. Awesome. And your biggest bogey bird? Biggest uh, bogey bird at the moment, I would say, is European Nightjar. I just haven't had luck with that bird. Uh, it just avoids me as much as it can. So, And it's crazy because, like, you guys, you and your father often go birding at Makuzi, and Makuzi is like a spot that they, I would say, they're fairly easy to get them. And it's interesting that you guys go there a lot, but you haven't. I mean, we went there, like, I've gone there three times, which is probably a lot less than you've been there. And, like, I've seen them almost every time I've been there. It's interesting how certain birds can kind of evade you. Yeah, it is. It's... It can be annoying, but it is interesting. You know, you're very knowledgeable. I mean, there's a, a local bird identification group on WhatsApp, which I'm a part of, um, which, and you're very knowledgeable at identifying birds. And that has, has your knowledge of birding been something that is, you've deliberately chosen to develop, or has it just been something that has happened because of your love of the bush? Or are there practical things that you've done to grow yourself as a birder and to improve your, your identification skills and the different aspects of birding? Wow, so for me, it's just the thrill of birding and being out. I mean, I love just sitting and watching birds. I could sit at a heart all day and observe birds. But I'm certainly, like, growing my interest more around the world now, like more birds and stuff. But, yeah, it's just my interest for the birds, hey, and learning more about them and just knowing all their different habits and stuff. Yeah, I've got a whole lot of books we can be chatting about just now. So are they, like... In terms of learning, are there practical things you do? Because, you know, people listen and some people might say, wow, like I've maybe been birding with you or been on those groups and you really good identification. Is there stuff you do off the field to improve your skills at birding or is it something that you really just embrace and just, just work on when you're in the field? I would say I just work on with that in the field. So, like, it helps being out all the time. Like, if you hear a call, and you don't know it, and then you might go home that next day and look through an app or something you have and find the call. Then you'll remember. It's also nice going out to someone knowledgeable about the area, and they teach you, and then you learn from that quickly. That I find that helps me. But also, when I'm home, I like also like looking through books and my apps and stuff. And then your local patch, I'll give it away, is Ishawi, and it's a fantastic place. You've been here for how many months now? Coming on five months. And, I mean, this is like an awesome place to, to bird. I mean, I know you go birding with Eli a lot, and you guys have gone out and discovered some really cool places. So tell us about Ashawi as a birding destination. I think, you know, everyone obviously knows the boardwalk, and that's almost everyone who comes to Ashawi just goes to the boardwalk. But there's so many different places around here, and I think Ashawi is one of these these gems of a birding spot. I mean, we went to some places this week and got some fantastic birds. I'm not asking you to give away all your secrets, but tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the birding around Ashawi, and, and if someone's listening – is a Shawi someone where they should visit and what are some tips to see more birds in a Shawi? 
Wow. So, yeah, I've got to give credit to a lot of people that live in Ishawi. So, there's the Kohli brothers, um, very knowledgeable people about Ishawi. And I've gone out birding with them, and they've shown me all these brilliant hidden gems just outside of town and in town that can, no one Can I just say something interesting around that, just if we carry on? You know, I was quite interested that you told me because the, you were saying to me the Curly Brothers don't, they're not full-time guards or something. They just do it in their spare time. And it's actually amazing, you know, how they've almost just embraced and just learned this area. And I think it's, I mean, I think they're in retail. I think your father was saying. Yes, they are. I mean, that means a lot of times they work here on weekends. That, and it's just, it's just amazing. Sorry, you can carry Very on. Busy. No, no, it's fun. So, yeah, um, also I go out with Eli a lot and we just explore and find new spots. If we think this spot looks good, we just bird and try it out. So in town itself, there's some places. Obviously, Schlinza is well known for the boardwalk, for the spotted ground thrush and eastern bronze named pigeon. And then there's a few other places. Um, just outside of town, uh, there's a place for whiteback night heron. I mean, absolute crack of a bird. Mm. Especially for the 150k, there's African broadwall pairs, a few known pairs. On the outskirts of town as well, so it's it's amazing around here. Yeah, just to give, I mean, just to give a bit of a taste. We've been birding over the last two days, and the birds we got, just to give you a taste of some of the birds we managed to get here: African cuckoo hawk, African broad broadbill. Uh, Redchester cuckoo is obviously quite common around Eastern Bronze Nap pigeon. You get them at, at the the boardwalk, but we got them at another spot. Green Malcoa, Yellow Street Greenbill, Whiteback Night Terran, Veroz Eagle Isle. I mean, these are these are really fantastic birds. I mean, these are a lot of a lot of birds here would be on people's wish lists. Yeah, it's it's actually amazing that you find them here. You wouldn't expect them. You expect them more like the extreme northern parts of Zululand. It's very cool. I'm going to ask you, and you don't need to give me a big secret here, but it just what is what is a spot that you would recommend for people that are maybe not Ishawi local birders and that maybe Ishawi birders are more familiar with that outside birders don't know about that you think birders should be visiting? Are there any places that you think birders should be visiting in Ishawi? Yes. So one I would say is a lovely place to visit. There's all sorts is the Intumeni Forest. So there you can find an array of birds. There's I think two pairs of broadbill in there. Above-spotted fluff tail, wood owl. It's just a lovely... The trees are magnificent. Lovely place. And then another place also is Lake Pobane, or Khudatro Dam. Very lovely spot. It's actually got eastern Nikata there, so there's more undiscovered species in that more thornfelt area. So definitely a birding gem there. Just with the, the forest, I mean, that walk down the hill, that's like, it makes sure you got a bit of fitness because yes, you, you, you nearly died. I think yeah. Tristan, you nearly died also. That's a steep hill. It is indeed. Yeah, so it's, it's an amazing place to bird and obviously it's quite accessible to San Lucia, to Mdumzini, to many of the places. Sapi Stanga is quite close to you. So, you know, for people that are looking for a, a you know weekend away, even international people, um, this is a fantastic place to stay. I mean, there's a lot of great accommodation places in the town and I mean there's a lot of the normal stuff McDonald's um, Spur all those kinds of things are, are here it's not a, a big city so you've got to just be aware of that yeah. um, but I think it's a great place to stay because you kind of ex- you, you put just you're in this beautiful town but it's accessible to a whole lot of different places and I, I think Ashabi is one of those gems that maybe a lot of birders skip over which they should be should be checking out 
No, I agree. Yeah. I used to be, when I lived in Kloof, didn't focus too much on each other. But now that we have moved here, wow, it's a brilliant place. And also, like, one thing I didn't know is with the boardwalk, uh, which it's about 40 rand a person to get in a day. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one of the best, uh, even if you're not a birder, I think it's one of the best venues out there. I mean, um, it's sitting here in December and you guys got spots of ground thrush today. Probably one of the best photography venues that you can get. I mean, I've seen guys getting pictures of Narina Trogan like eye to eye almost. And, you know, the one of the things I discovered today, so this is like a little birding life tip, um, and I think you guys kind of put me mm-hmm. on this, is that you can actually get a season ticket for like 100 bucks. And you can access the boardwalk for a full year for a hundred bucks. And I think, you know, if, if from people from Durban and that who are going to be maybe coming down to use the boardwalk a lot, that's fantastic value. Yeah. Already three trips visiting the forest that's paid it off. I mean, yeah. So let's look at some of these books. So I've asked Tristan to pull out some of his favorite bird books. So we're going to start at, we know, I've asked him to pull out his five favorite bird books and he's got quite a lot of books. So just before we talk about these books, you know, where did this love for, for books start? I remember your father was saying when you were young, you were one of those kids where other kids wanted toys, you wanted books. So where did this love for books start? To be honest, I can't actually tell you. Um, I've just always had a passion for nature and books, I could suppose. Uh, like when we went to Dundee, a small town, and we used to live there, there was only a CNA. So we used to go in there, and every time there was a new wildlife book, whether it was on snakes or plants or birds or something i would be happy i would want that thing i would say for christmas can i get that or my birthday or whatever yeah and there's some really cool books you got i mean uh, you got some nice books in your collection so let's start with your fifth favorite book and i know it's quite difficult to kind of narrow down the list so i know you've got them here you might hear the noise of tristan putting the book up what is your what book we're coming to number five and not just what is the book why is this a book that every birder should have on their bookshelf sure so for me Book number five that comes and I would say is... Just, I know you guys can't see this, but it's like a really well-used copy. I think this might have been one of your dogs in the corner, yeah? Uh, probably one of the puppies, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, Robert's Nest and Eggs of Southern African Birds by Warwick Tarbiton. So, I've also just loved observing birds and their nesting habits, like watching them feed chicks. I can sit and just study them. So... I just love the book because it's got photographic uh, images of all sorts of birds around Southern Africa. Their nests tell you like what season, where they nest, how high. It's just a lovely book to have. I've been really bad at finding nests. I mean, I know now and then. I mean, you can't miss a Tequani, a Hammerkorp nest, and that. But there's, I'm not great at spotting. But when we were out birding today, you, were, you and Eli were pointing out nests that are what. You know, for people out there that might get their hands on this book and say, well, this is pretty cool. Mm. What are some tips to finding more nests? And maybe just also, I think, also disclaimer, what are some etiquette around that, you know, so people don't obviously disturb the birds? Yeah, so, um, I don't know. I would say just observing the field around you, like walking in the forest and just looking for, like, dark shapes. could be a nest or birds behaving weirdly, alarm calling or getting agitated when you're near them. Um, also like sometimes you'll see birds carrying nesting material or, uh, food like today in the forest where we were walking, hornball landed next to me, dropped something and then took off and actually watched it go into a nesting hollow. So that was pretty cool. As always, the birding life is proud to be associated with Sarovsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part 
download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. And then, you know, one thing about yourself is uh, your father's obviously at work, so we can't you know, get him on, but you you and your father, most times you're out birding, you're birding with your father. Yeah, it must be, firstly, it must be really cool. It's really cool that your father's not someone who just supports your passion from afar off, but really actually, you know, takes you along. And I mean, you know, he'll almost do anything for you to get you to see really cool birds. And I mean, your father's a flipping amazing. I know he swears a lot and gets stuck in mud <laughs> a lot, but he's, he's, he's a really cool like. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he's helped me a lot. I mean, my mom and dad, I've gone on plenty big twitches around the country and they've supported me and said, yeah, go ahead, get this bird. I mean, I know my dad would love to say it, uh, to see it, sorry. But obviously with work, it's kind of hectic. So he's, he's, it's so nice that he lets me go and get the birds and stuff. And going birding to your father is always like um, an age restricted because it's like a lot of like really strong words that get used in traffic. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's if you, you get the funny people out there. Yeah, but I think the cool thing about that is is that um, it's obviously you know, like I always I always tell people you're like one of the the nicest oaks in birding, and you're like a, a good a good grounded person. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that you've got like really fantastic parents. Thank you. Yeah. So I know there might be parents. So if there's youngsters listening, they can just listen for this part. Yeah. But I think this is important. You know, for as someone who is a young a younger person who enjoys birds and, and nature and everything else. You know, if there's a, a parent who's listening here who's got kids, how? what are some things that you think that parents can do to help their kids to enjoy nature more and that type of thing? I mean, I know not every kid's going to be a birder, mm. but, you know, there obviously are things that your parents have done practically that you've been able to have stirred up this passion for nature. And what are some things that parents can do, even if their kids maybe aren't big into nature? What are some things that you think you're suggesting? You're going to give like parenting advice now. So <laughs> what is your parenting advice? Wow. That's a <laughs> deep question. Tristan's yeah. parenting advice. <laughs> you have a little song here or something. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so I'd say um, most people like out there, whether they're not a birder or someone that's loves nature they love going to game reserves i mean you know want to see the big five see the secrets of leopard or something so i think that could be one of the things like if you have a no uh, local nature reserve around or something just go around walk around see any wildlife or if you want to go to a game reserve and just observe all the wildlife around there and then in terms of bird ids you're quite very you're fantastic on the bird id group um what are some tips you have for people that are listening and they might not have your kind of skill level but what are some tips that you'd give to people that are listening that want to improve in their the side of bird identification and everything or well, to be honest um it's like trial and error if i could say learning uh, growing up and learning so i learned a lot from older people that know so much more um going out with them and them teaching me Sure, um, how to add e-birds based off their uh, futuristics and stuff. So that's definitely one of them. And then just like by asking people, I mean, you can find someone on Facebook, join the birding groups and ask guys, please, can you 
give out pointers how to ID this bird and what whatnot. Uh, yeah, so let's go to your fourth favorite book on your list. Um, looking around trying to figure out which is going to get the fourth. You don't have the bird. You kind of feel bad for the book that kind of comes last. Yeah. Uh, so I would okay, have this, to, this is a good book. I would have to say uh, the Raptor Guide of Southern Africa. So. <laughs> It's just amazing the amount of illustrations and photographic guides and stuff in here. It's truly amazing. Gives you different views of the bird in flight, sitting down. Um, it's truly a wonderful book to have. And unfortunately, this book is out of print. But if you can get your hands, I think this is the 2012 edition. The, 20, the first edition, I've got the first edition as it has less photos in. But in terms of raptor identification, this is the book to have in, 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 in for Southern African birding, I would say. It's brilliant. It's absolutely amazing. So, you know, in, in terms of birding out in the field, you bird often. You know, what are some things that you, you know, we've spoken with other guests about field practices, things you do on the field. What are some things that you either consciously do or maybe even unconsciously do on the field that you feel that people could apply to make themselves better birders? Wow. Um just being out in the field, I suppose, I say that a lot, but you honestly do learn a lot. If you could try to go with someone that knows the area, ask them questions, uh, just be interested, they'll gladly help you. Also, I know it can be expensive, but apps on your phone, because nowadays everyone has mobile devices, there's brilliant apps out there. I mean, I always, Roberts is one of the go-to ones, but now that Fancy Beacock has released his wonderful app, Firefinch, it's, it's a truly wonderful app that has helped me identify or like know the futuristics, especially with Nightjars. I battled between uh, Rufus Cheek Nightjar and Fiery Nick Nightjar, but now I can confidently tell them apart. Yeah, I think I think that's something which I'm really, I was excited you said it because we were at Makuzi and if you do a night drive Makuzi, it's kind of like night drive, night drive, night drive, night drive. There's, there's three possible, I mean, there's obviously always something else, but there's mm. three possible ones. Uh, I think it's European, Square-Tailed, Rufus, uh, Rufus Nape. That's your three that you get at Makuzi. According to the app, there probably is other ones. But, you know, you know, basically what helped me identify them, I'd almost always rely on the rangers. So, oh, it's that one, that one, that one. And whatever they say, I'd put on my list, which is really terrible birding. Don't do that. Mm. But this was the first time using Fancy's app that I was able to actually um, identify what I was seeing, and it's actually, it's actually, uh, I know there's there's going to be one that's going to going to kick us in the ass, it's going <laughs> to make it hard. But generally, the nitro identification using that is actually it's a lot simpler than I thought it was. It is. It actually is. And then are you uh, would you lean towards? And this is this is would be a difficult question for me to be honest with you. But oh, you know, I know in the field it's a little bit different. Mm. But books or apps? Uh, so in the field, it's definitely much easier to just carry your mobile device with uh, your apps because lugging a book around, that can be a bit of a mission and flipping through the pages. But I know quite a few people like old school uh, who stick to books, carry their Roberts or whatever Sassel that they have all around with them. But for me, I'd say having... An app is definitely easier. Just let's go for your third favorite book on your list. The look around again. <laughs> so I'd have to say it's this big bad boy. The, all the, the you're picking that book up. You just did some weights for the day. <laughs> all the all the birds of the world. So um, yeah, I love it. Just looking through 
all these different species I've never heard of, and it's, it's awesome. It's crazy. It's like there were actually families of birds in here, families of birds, and I'm like, I never even heard of that family yeah, before, and that like is like my confession. Same with me. Same with me. Well, at least I don't feel so bad because <laughs> like this expert birder is like. <laughs> so, yo, what is your favorite um, birding spots and and why why do you love it so much? Wow. So I have the love for Mkuzi Game Reserve. It's just a wonderful place. It's not like Kruger or anywhere. There's not that much game there, but a lot of antelope and such. But it's not busy. Like during the day, you won't see as many cars at all. Sometimes you can go a day with only seeing two or three. And for that reason, it's just lovely. And the bird life there is just insane with the sand forests, the all the different habitats, like the fig tree forests, the acacia felt, and all that sort of stuff. The some diversity of, the be- of birds. And some of the best hides in the country. Wow, yeah. My favorite hide would definitely be Kumasinga. That's amazing. I love yeah. sitting there. I've I've gone there and almost every time I've gone there, except for this year, I've got dwarf bits in there. It's just like I get in there and not just on the left hand, there's yeah. the, there, there it is there. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because like Kruger is, it's like another level in a sense. But I think for myself also, if I was to say between Kruger and Makuzi, I would probably also say Makuzi just from the sense that, you know, you know, you were saying that there's not a lot of um, animals there, but when you do get a good sighting, you mm. you can sometimes be the only car at the sighting, which is something you'll never have at Kruger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've sat at Kumasinga High, just my mom, my dad, and I, and a leopard came past. I mean, that was truly amazing just just be there and enjoy it by ourselves. Well, like, you like no cars. Le- you lucky with leopards, though. Yeah, I seem to have good luck. <laughs> no, last time I was in Makuzi, you got leopard, rhino, elephant, hyena. So it was really like a, like amazing in terms of mammals, and I've never been lucky with mammals at Makuzi. Yeah, no, you can be like there's times where you just come across randomly, and it's amazing. Yeah, so let's go to your second favorite book on the list. We're getting towards the top book, and this is if it's book you thing. I think everybody should be getting one of these books for not Christmas this year because Christmas is already gone. But yeah, so my second favorite book I would say is probably. Chamberlain's LBJs, so like a comprehensive guide to the little brown jobs of South Africa, helps a lot, like you got all the cisticulars, larks, pipits, all those sort of things out there, and it helps a lot. Uh, it's an amazing book, That's that and the waders books are two books that every birder should have on their shelf, I mean they're Definitely. just amazing, I'm quite happy I've got the pipit book. Yeah. I've got his um, Birding the Wadakar Ting and everything. I mean, you spoke about his app earlier, but everything. Mm. I mean, Fancy Peacock for me is like one of the best birders uh, mm. around. He's insane. No, definitely. I mean, he's so knowledgeable. It's amazing. So obviously, you're a fantastic birder, but what are some birders that you look up to? And not just saying you look up to the person, but what are what are some things that you possibly you admire in that, that person? So... I would say someone was like Hugh Chittenden. He's an amazing birder. Like, if he can't go out traveling, he'll bird his local patch every day when he can. And he'll just sit in one place and observe all the species, take photos, and just, I don't know, it's like the knowledge he has, all the stories he, he's told. It's just amazing to be around him. Also in town is um, Derek and Vernon Coley. 
Um, they've lived here for many years, also friends with Hugh Chittenden. They go out nest finding and they'll build a hut a couple meters away from the nest and just observe the birds and watch like when the chicks leave the nest, watch what they're getting fed and just observe them. You've spoken about your favorite spots and we've spoke about all the birds, the world book. Um, so what are some dream destinations that you want to visit? So dream destination within Southern Africa, I would say is Zimbabwe. There's just so much there. Wow. Uh, the bird diversity is insane. I would just love to visit there. I mean, my mom's from there originally, and the stories I've heard from my mom and my grandparents, it's such an amazing place. Yeah, and so, and so many of the top birders, it's like um, they've got so many cool stories from there also. Yeah. And then internationally, like far far away, anywhere else you'd like, anywhere you'd like to visit? I know there's probably a long list, but what would be your – off the top of your head, what would be your number one? Off the top of my head, I would have to say Australia. If I could say, like, a lot of birds they have there are pretty similar to ours. In some ways, there are quite a few. And just the diversity, the different habitats. I mean, going from these cloud rainforest out into the outback, the deserts and stuff. And also the wildlife there, like the marsupials and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, Tyrone. Part of our burn-up team that we're looking at koalas and kangaroos. I mean, I was, I was a bit jealous. Yeah, me too. Very lucky. <laughs> so, yeah, we gonna, we got to that time. Um, if we had fancy equipment here, we could do the number one, but we don't have fancy equipment. So, what is your number one book on your list? Sure. So, um, Southern African Bird Finder. I use this quite a lot. Like, say, if I'm planning a trip up to Limpopo or something. Look through it, see what the target birds are uh, are that I need, and whereabout is the best place to find them. Mm. It helps a lot. Yeah, really, this is one of the best books to get. I mean, I think every birder should have this book on their shelf. And I think they work in an update, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, well, that'll be interesting, yeah. But it's interesting. I don't know if you found also that a lot of the books, the birds in here, although the some people might say it's out of dates and stuff, a lot of the stuff you go in here and you, you go to the back to the same place and the birds are still there. No, they are. There's spots like birded many years ago and it's still like pristine. So we're ending 2022 going to 2023. So as a last question, what are some of your New Year's birding resolutions and what are some places that you hope to visit in 2023 or you're planning to visit? Let's say that much. Yeah, so – Definitely New Year's, January, I'm going to hopefully be heading and doing quite a bit of Zululand birding. Northern Zululands, like Ndumo, Nkuzi, around those places, targeting a few specials that I still need. And then hopefully further into the year, uh, the Cape. I haven't, or I'm lying, I have been to the Cape when I was younger. Didn't know much about birds. I remember seeing penguins, but obviously I haven't ticked them because I wasn't much of a birder. But the Cape is on the cards, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, but Tristan, it's been great chatting to you. Um, thanks for being on it, and thanks for trying us around the show. We also really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Adam. It was honored being on the actual Bird Life part, the Birding Life podcast, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.